Are we all good? <clears throat> mm-hmm. I've just realised that I haven't come up with insults for anybody, so I'm just going to play it off the cuff and see how it goes. Just go with it. Just go with it. I'm going to add Some of your finer stuff, some of the most hurtful things I've ever heard in my life, actually, <laughs> right off the top of your head. <laughs> like no, no thought put in them whatsoever. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And this week we continue our romantic comedy journey as we put the 2011 comedy Just Go With It on trial. Is it Enter Sandman? <laughs> I can't finish that one. I'm sorry. Oh. That, that's his nickname, isn't it? The Sandman. If you say so. <laughs> Anyway, essentially, we're gonna be, we're gonna try and find out how this film will be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list. Sorry. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was Wedding Crashes, which Dave judged and deemed that it should be placed on the hit list. I think. Um, I did. I, I did. Oh, it was a nightmare. Okay. Uh, now you've since gone away and you've watched the film. Did you make mm-hmm. the right call or not? Yes or no? No. No. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. I needed to hear that, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't care for it. I mean, there's a reason why I'd never watched it before. I had a feeling this film wouldn't appeal to me. I didn't think I'd like it. But I thought maybe there was something, you know, about it, something that was uh, half decent, that maybe it would appeal to, to most other people and therefore get its way onto the hit list. I, I don't see it, to be honest with you. I think some things you just can't look past. And, yeah, this film just wasn't particularly good. And I see, you know, I didn't watch it at the time, so I can't really say if it's aged well. You know, was it was it ever appropriate? Uh, but now I'll go with the Joel's assessment that it hasn't aged well. That, that's the thing. It's one of those films that makes you question what the hell I was thinking in 2004 or whatever. You know, when it came out, it like makes you wonder how did that get under my radar? What is it? Yeah. And that's the thing. Is back back in 2004, whenever it came out, I looked at the poster and like, not for me. And, and walked on by and was blissfully unaware of the film. Well, not unaware, but blissfully hadn't seen the film <laughs> until this podcast put it before my eyes. Um, so thanks for that. No, like I, so many things of this podcast is bringing you... Uh, to be honest with you, I, ca- I can't throw stones from a glass house. I've, I've brought some uh, questionable films to the table. <laughs> what are we doing today? <laughs> Rude. Rude. <laughs> I object. <laughs> yeah. What a brilliant segue because uh, today, <laughs> today Dave has picked this week's film on trial and it mm-hmm. is Adam Sandler's 2011 masterpiece, Just Go With It. Uh, Dave... Uh, yeah. uh, any reason why you picked this film? <laughs> because we've done a couple of Adam Sandler films now, and I always, at some point in every episode, I say, you know what, I don't, and I'm not about Adam Sandler fan. I don't care for Adam Sandler. I say something to that effect. And you know what, this is one of those films, Adam Sandler films, that I've watched and gone, you know what, I don't hate that. I don't dislike this film. Actually, I think Adam Sandler's all right in this. So, you know, I want, and we were doing rom coms. There was a certain amount of criteria. You know, they had to score below a certain amount on imdb this just fit the bill and i thought you know what let's, let's give adam sandler a break because you know i've got every episode i say we do with adam sandler i say i'm not an adam sandler fan it's like you know what let's bring forward one of his films that i actually quite like okay right well i think that's a very good summary thank you very much dave okay so now on to the trial now as dave 
has picked today's film, he's also picked the roles for today. So Dave is going to be acting, obviously, as defense. And Dave is just like Brooklyn Decker's character, Palmer, in that he looks fantastic in a bikini. Uh, <laughs> and joining Dave in defense is Alex, who is just like Adam Sandler's character, Danny, in that he thinks the T-shirt and shorts are appropriate attire to wear at a formal dinner. <laughs> And acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is going to be me. And I'm just like Kevin Nealon's character, Aiden, in that I've had a lot of operations. <laughs> and <laughs> that, well, that's it. Nobody's joining me today, are they? Okay. Yeah, and uh, that, that, so, you, can, um, you can insult Joel if you want, man. I mean, it's and, just because um, he's not here. <laughs> Joel's just like the, uh, the guy who plays one of Adam Sandler's kids in it, and that he's truly forgettable. Um, anyway, now <laughs> <laughs> so just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best cases for their roles. Now, these may or may not be their real opinions, though, so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear what we really think. Now, this week, the role of the judge who has to decide which list this film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to them, is Ozzy. And Ozzy is just like Nick Swardson's character, Eddie, in that he's open mouth kissed a sheep. <laughs> uh, it's only funny because it's true. <laughs> so, yeah, I think before we get started, we should probably give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So instead of spinning the wheel of impressions, whoever chooses this film has to read out the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. So as it is Dave's choice... Dave has to do the impression. So who do we think he should do an impression of? I know we do him every time. It's an Adam Sandler film, but I think it should just be Adam Sandler. I think mm. it's just fun to hear people do Adam Sandler impressions. Yeah. Are we not thinking Jennifer Aniston? Oh, it's still fun. <laughs> we're, always, we're always thinking Jennifer Aniston. But... Think for, for this instance. I was honestly expecting you guys to think of it, say, uh, Eddie. You know, or Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, the German. I was honestly I, I, expecting yeah. that. I, I think I'd prefer the Adam Sandler. Adam yeah. Sandler. To be honest, yeah. What does Adam Sandler even sound like? Oh. Go on, Gav, Gav can do. Do an angry Adam Sandler, Gav. I'm really angry. <laughs> or, or then he's got the, oh, I'm really stupid. <laughs> but he's he's neither of those things in this film. No, Dave, he's always both. <laughs> no, he's neither. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll try it, but it's... Uh, on a weekend trip to Hawaii, a plastic surgeon convinces his loyal assistant to pose as his soon-to-be-divorced wife. In order to cover up a careless lie, he told to his much younger girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> Very well done, Dave. Very well done. Okay, You're uh, so, yeah, Ozzy, would you like to please kick off proceedings? I really would like to kick off proceedings and I think it's only fair for it to start with the defence um, just to set the scene and, and lay down the groundwork for why this is such a such a good film and why it deserves to be on the hit list. Please, Dave. Uh, yeah, like by it. all means, by all means. So yeah, this isn't your typical Adam Sandler comedy insofar as he's actually had no hand in writing it. I think that always helps, genuinely. I think there's two <laughs> things that really help bring uh, maybe like an Adam Sandler film. That's a proper neg in there, Dave. But... <laughs> I, I, I give Adam Sandler a hard time, but I've got to be honest. So there's two things, I think, that can lift an Adam Sandler film for me. One is he hasn't had a hand in writing. 
That always helps. <laughs> the second thing is he's got a good co-star. Now, frequent collaborator Drew Barrymore is always someone that can get the best out of Adam Sandler and lift him to another level. In this case, you got Jennifer Aniston, who does just as good a job as Drew Barrymore has, if not better. But we'll get on to all this later. I'll tell you a little about the plot. So essentially, this is uh, a loose adaptation uh, of a stage play, um, The Cactus Flower, which was also made in a film with, with Walter Matthau and Goldie Hawn, I believe, in the 60s. It's a very loose adaptation of it, though, a very loose retelling. And essentially, it follows uh, Daniel Maccabee, played by Sandler, who is a plastic surgeon who, you get a bit of a brief flashback at the start of the film. He was due to be married, found out that his wife didn't respect him, had been cheating on him on their wedding day, so walked away from the wedding, didn't marry her. As he was drowning his sorrows in a bar, uh, he was able to pick up a girl because he she noticed his wedding ring and he was saying what a, a terrible he went with he went with the a lie saying that he was married and that it was a terrible life and she mistreats him and you know it's an awful relationship they have and he ends up dating this girl uh, or bedding her at least and he kind of goes with this for the rest of well not for the rest of his life but for the next few years he uses this as a technique he uses this fake wedding ring that he kept even though he's not married and he uses it as a jumping off point, a conversation starter, because, you know, his logic is people aren't intimidated by someone with a wedding ring. He's not just some sort of sleaze. He can get a conversation going and then pile on the sob story about what a terrible marriage it is. It sounds. I the, I, yeah, I love the, the I love the rationale that I'm not a sleaze because yeah. I'm lying to people. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell yourself whatever you got to tell yourself, Danny. You know? but it's like, you're pretty clear where this stands. And following this, Danny, he meets uh, Palmer, played by Brooklyn Decker who he, he really likes and he wants to carry on dating and carry on seeing. Um, but obviously she finds the wedding ring, believes him to be married. He hadn't actually, actually used that line. He hadn't, she, he hadn't gone down that route with her. He just genuinely met her at a party. They slept together. It was all going so well until she, the ring falls out of his pocket. Um, so he makes up that he's getting divorced. That is fine. It's okay. It's like, yes, he was married. They're separated. They're in the midst of a divorce. And she said, well, I don't believe you. I want to hear it from your wife. He's now got to find a fake wife. So he speaks to his assistant at his plastic surgery office, it's Jennifer Aniston, and asks her just to impersonate a wife that he's divorcing, one-off deal. Um, but while they're there at the meeting, as she's leaving, without thinking, she answers the phone, and it's one of her kids. Now, the girlfriend is thinking, okay, this guy's got kids as well, I want to meet the kids. So he gets Jennifer Aniston's kids involved. You can see how this this lie is just building and building and building. And he's like, he's bribing Jennifer Aniston. Well, not really bribing her, but he's like, no, he is bribing her. This is bribery. Yeah, he is. He's bribing, he is, he is bribery. He's full on bribing her. Yeah. He's, so he's bribing Jennifer Aniston. He starts bribing her kids as well, you know, and one of them manages to con a trip to Hawaii out of him because the kid wants to swim with dolphins. So they all end up going on a family trip to Hawaii where most of the film takes place. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> the, title, <laughs> the title, Just Go With It, refers to the lie. This lie that just keeps snowballing and getting more and more absurd and more and more ridiculous as it goes on. It is ridiculous. The plot is absurd, but it's meant to be. And, you know, this is also good advice for the audience to just go with it, sit back, enjoy the ride. Okay. Um, uh, before I bring in Gav, I'm going to see, uh, Alex, is there anything else that you would like just to add to to really set the scene why this is uh, a genuine hit? You know, there's enough, there's enough true heart in it. You know, it's a nice bit with Jennifer Aniston, like like Dave was saying, the co-star of Jennifer Aniston. Stop laughing, Gav. I don't know why. I don't know why that, that my my honourable <laughs> prosecutor is laughing so hard. Uh, Jennifer Aniston just adds, just raises the level. Like Adam Sandler's, you know, he's daft, and and many of the other characters are. Uh, Jennifer Aniston just brings enough of a heart to it. 
And there's enough in it to, to, to really have a nice story as well. So you got all the laughs and you got the jokes and you got the comedy. But every time Jennifer Aniston's on, like you just you, you do you are engaged with the story as well. And there are some genuine, you know, they, they, it does go for a little bit in the actual story as well. There's a nice mix of the comedy and the actual sort of like understanding the characters and sort of, you know, understanding what, what, what motivates them. So, yeah, you know, it's an Adam Sandler comedy, but you've got enough of that good stuff to sort of ground it. Whereas I'd say some of his worst films are the ones where he eschews that he doesn't look at all at any of that. You know, he doesn't have a good co-star. He doesn't have any of that sort of like more family values. And it goes a little bit off, you know, off the rails. Fifty First Dates, for example, went off the rails, I thought, because it didn't have enough of that. Whereas this does stay grounded. And I do think key is Jennifer Aniston. I, I think this is the best co-star I've seen working. And I'd include Drew Barrymore in that. I think Jennifer Aniston makes this a hit. Okay. Um, Gaff, now you're up. You uh, <laughs> you've both of the, the defence's opening arguments. Um, fire away. Yeah, I mean, Dave's mouth is saying that this film is hilarious, but his eyes are saying that it's not. Like, <laughs> similarly, that is, not, that is not an excuse that someone else says one thing and their eyes say something else. That's never been an excuse, and you of all people know that. Yeah, like, like you heard Dave's brief summary there of the character and how he starts off on this journey of lying to women about being married. It's very similar, I think, to the last movie we reviewed, Wedding Crashes, in that, once again, this is about a creepy fucker who lies and manipulates much younger women into having sex with him. But, similarly to Wedding Crashes, this guy is supposed to be the real victim here because one woman broke his heart 20 years ago, so fuck the rest of womankind, right? Yeah. Now, there is, I'm, I'm going to be genuine here, a really good premise here. But the movie never, ever delivers on it because it's too busy focusing on Adam Sandler's tired, low, low-brow humor of the usual, like, oh, isn't poop funny? And ha, 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 look, a boner, that sort of stuff. Now, it's supposed to be a romantic comedy. We're doing romantic comedy season here, but it's about as romantic as filling out your tax returns. And it's about as funny as, well, filling out your tax returns, to which both Dave can <laughs> attest to. You don't, you don't see what I put in my taxes, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Dave's tax bill's so low. He, he puts little cards in with... <laughs> I write poetry. <laughs> tell a couple of jokes. You know, you've got romance, you've got comedy. Yeah, draw a couple of boners. Uh, <laughs> now, Dave said that this is an absurd movie, but the, what the thing is, is it's actually not. This could have been a really excellent farce film in where everything goes wrong, especially when they get to Hawaii. What they've missed out there is when they get to Hawaii, uh, they're introduced to another character of Devlin, who is played by Nicole Kidman. Now, Devlin is Catherine, a.k.a. Jennifer Aniston's nemesis from university. They hate each other. And it's also the name that Adam Sandler's Danny has given as his new wife. So he's calling Catherine devlin to his to his new girlfriend essentially so you think there's going to be some hijinks in shoe in there you think that he's going to say he's going to shout devlin at some point and both of them are going to be like yeah like it sets up for a lot of hijinks to happen but it, it just never delivers instead it's just so pedestrian and generic it it, it just it, i just can't believe that they they set up so many good things and they just they just ignored them completely this film was already dated by the time it was released and will be forgotten from cinematic history in 10 years if it hasn't been forgotten already. 
It was incredibly poorly received by critics and audiences alike back in 2011, and only just, well, just over 10 years later, and with the hindsight of knowing just how much more unfunny and inappropriate Adam Sandler comedy movies were going to become, this may have been seen as cheeky and edgy back then, but now the comedy especially is just tired, stereotypical, mean, and just really unfunny. The characters are so poorly written, especially the awfully tropey and unoriginal female characters. And the script is so woeful that it could have easily been written by an 11-year-old, but even an 11-year-old will probably have been embarrassed by this. This is less of a film as it is a holiday for the cast and crew and a general tourism video for Hawaii. In summary, this is a bad, 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 <laughs> bad movie <laughs> <laughs> that is, above all, neither funny nor romantic. And if you do end up watching this drivel by any chance and halfway through, think to yourself, should I just turn this off and walk away? The answer is, just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay um i'm gonna like obviously there's completely contrasting uh viewpoints laid out on the table there one of the things which i think i'd like to pick up on a bit though is is maybe script sometimes in a lot of times in adam sandler movies he's allowed to improvise you know how does it work out here you know is is there a script ongoing does it seem to work or is it more like Gav's effort where we can repeat the same, you know, the same words over and over again and eventually it becomes funny with the bads, you know, is it, is there more to it than that, you know, you're saying that there's actually something a little bit more wholesome, a bit more thoughtful because it wasn't written by Adam Sandler, but has he been left to his own devices too much? Uh, Alex? Well, I I would, I'd say there are like, I mean, not wholesome jokes, it's still an Adam Sandler comedy, but there's no, you know, Gav was saying that it's funny, unfunny and mean. And there is a little bit of that, you know, you can see how it's dated a little bit. There are a few jokes, like there's bits where they're doing a hula competition and women are just being carted off because they're not good looking enough. And, you know, you you are like, oh, you know, there's moments where you wince a little bit. But there's also, you know, Gav was saying all of the characters are a bit one dimensional. And I just go back again to the character of um, Jennifer Aniston's character, you know, um, I think she does provide enough of a counterpoint to Adam Sandler. And she does make she, you know, she does make some really good points through the script. And her timing is really good as well, where she does make him sound like an idiot. And he is an idiot in this. You know, I think the problem with and why I'd, I'd say we shouldn't paint, just go with it as the same brush as the wedding crashes is the wedding crashes is just basically two complete assholes preying on women. <clears throat> and whereas Adam Sandler is an asshole in this, who is like lying to women for sex, and that you know, I mean, that's indefensible, you know, at the time and now. He is called on it by Jennifer Aniston's character, and you do, you are meant to like respect, and you do respect and like Jennifer Aniston's character. So I think that does help it to become away from the wedding crashes and you know i would say that yes palmer i wouldn't say is a particularly deep or well-drawn character but i would say that those the two main leads adam sandler is called on his nonsense which does make it much more watchable than some of his other films and that and that comes down you know you're talking about script that does come down to that that is in the script and probably again a good idea that adam sandler wasn't too much in it when it came to script, because I think he does sort of shy away from having the criticism sometimes. And I think that did 
make it a much much funnier film so that so there are some jokes you know i can't think of them off the top of my head but there are some little comments that she makes and she says you know she sort of says you know how he's acting and you know she's like the girlfriend is into NSYNC and stuff like that and just Jennifer Anderson you can see she just has a bit of fun with that and you know makes him feel like an idiot about you know dating younger women so yeah yeah okay so a little bit more to it than than, than we expected on that note you know it's I sympathize with Alex quite a lot actually in terms of sometimes a film can be funny and it can be entertaining you can feel like you had a laugh throughout the period of film but can't necessarily remember a joke at the end of it that doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't funny um, but, but in terms of that gap you know the look on your face shows me that you didn't think it was funny in the slightest um <laughs> you know was it too lowbrow you know I, I feel as though when you're dealing with an adam sandler film you've got to expect a, a certain level of humor and sometimes he does it very well you know uh that ha- halloween movie was fucking <laughs> come on don't let him bully you <laughs> uh, but you know you know there's a certain level to expect from um i guess is this a happy madison movie it is yeah yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah but what i mean is about anything that's from his uh yeah, it's got a certain level to it. And yeah, yeah. Sometimes that really hits home, you know, it depends on the mood you're in. Did you watch it while you were ill? I was I was on the road to recovery until I watched this. <laughs> like, just um just I mean I'll just touch upon comedy in a second, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about something that the Dave mentioned earlier. You talked you talked about script before, Ozzy. Like Dave informed yeah. you that this is based on the 1969 movie Cactus Flower, which was an adaptation of the French farce movie Flor de Cactus. Now, uh, you can oh, see, sorry. as I mentioned before, how did you not know that? Of course, that's, that's what I was thinking. Thanks, Gav. Thanks. <laughs> no, 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 the reason that I say that is because it was an adaptation of a classic farce film. And I mentioned before that you can see that this, the classic hallmarks of a good farce movie in here somewhere. As I mentioned before, you've got sort of like Danny is pretending to be Catherine's husband to Devlin, but Catherine is pretending to be Danny's ex-wife to his current girlfriend. And then there is uh, Danny's cousin, Eddie, who is pretending to be Catherine's German boyfriend. And you think there's going to be a number of like fast hijinks are going to ensue. They're going to bump into each other several times. There's going to be times where people are going to have to like duck behind a tree or, you know, say something inappropriate or whatever. When I read the synopsis for this film, I thought it sounded really good. Like a classic fast similar to the Ski Lodge episode of Frasier, if anybody's ever seen that. I think that if this just was another adaptation of Cactus Flower, it could have actually been really good. But it was a vehicle for Adam Sandler. And because of that, it was just, as I said, really lowbrow, really tired comedy. I, I agree with what Alex said before in that there are a couple of nice like, comedic moments in this, and they mainly come from Jennifer Aniston. Like, I think that some of the lines that she says, I don't know whether they've been written for it or whether it's her ad-libbing it, but you know, she does bring some of the humour, some of the nicer humour, but it's counteracted by all of Adam Sandler's low, low brow humor. He's like, ha ha ha, look at this woman, isn't she fat? Ha ha ha, look at this woman, doesn't she have big breasts? Ha ha ha, look at this man, he's secretly gay, but it's no secret to everybody. Ha 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 ha. That sort of stuff over and over and over again. 
you know, this, it, it just feels like whenever there's a nice moment or whenever there's like a pleasant moment or a bit of romance or a nice joke or whatever, it's automatically just shot down right away with Adam Sandler's really fucking lowbrow humour. It's just like crass, frat humour, which is almost like it's written to appeal to school children, but at the same time, it's wildly, wildly too inappropriate for them as well. Okay, no, no, I mean, that is interesting uh, take, actually, and I was just trying to work out a way to, I can't imagine any of us have actually seen Cactus Flower. I mean, the, 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 Certainly not the original French fast play of the 60s. No. <laughs> Has anybody, yeah, no, I think, I anybody I missed, ever seen I, I, I missed it when it came to Southport, I think. <laughs> Has anybody ever seen the, uh, the Fraser episode, The Ski Lodge? No. no. Oh, mate, you missed oh, it. Sorry, man. But, I assume, but it strikes me that that was, is probably a take on a story, you know, as old as time, I would have thought. You know, quite often the old farces are kind of based on even older uh plays and i just wonder i mean it, it, i guess that it's an update but it's almost almost identical uh, in terms of storyline so it seems odd that they could ruin something so far away and, and it really feels to me like maybe it is the fact that the humor doesn't doesn't land in this day and age i mean dave how do you but take I... on that you, you mentioned it earlier that some of it's dated naturally but it's hmm. not Oh, yeah, it has. Some of it has dated for sure, no doubt about it. You know, uh, I disagree with what Gav said about Adam Sandler supposed to be the victim. It's like the man is, you know, a, a bit of a sleaze. Uh, and he's he's called out on that. You know, they, they make fun of what a terrible life he's living, you know, and what an absolute sleaze he is. And, yeah, he, uh, he gets mocked pretty relentlessly for it. Uh, but you pretty much answered your own question there. You know, it's hard to mess up these classic hallmarks. It doesn't mess them up as badly as I think Gav's suggesting. Uh, these classic hallmarks of a farce are still there. It is hard to to sabotage it to that extent. And this film certainly doesn't do this. This has uh, a lot of great features to it. It's got those classic hallmarks of farce, as Gav says, but it's also got, combined with some slapstick elements, some more modern humor, and of course, Adam Sandler's typical brand of humor, which although he didn't write the script, there is plenty of room to ad lib. I mean, he, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston have known each other for years. You know, they go way back. They've been friends for, for a long time, so they can bounce off each other pretty well. Even though we don't often see them in front of the camera together, they know each other well enough that they have some great moments of ad-libbing. And, and the, the chemistry between these two really is, it's on point. You know, just because they do have that closeness, you do feel like, you know, in the film, they've worked together for years, and then this romance starts to, to build. And then, in, in the of course, in real life, they've been friends for so long, the chemistry is there. They didn't even really have to work on it too hard, but the chemistry is there between them. So I think all these things combined, and with Adam Sandler's humor, you just got to remember that he is a very popular comedian, or he certainly was at the time this film came out. Um, he was one of the best-selling comedians, one of the biggest movie stars on the planet for his style of humor. So even though he's breaking out and doing something different, maybe doing something a little more mature, he brings it back every now and again so that fans of his from the Billy Madison days, the Happy Gilmore days, if they turn up to watch this film, aren't going to go away disappointed. He makes a couple of jokes for them, but at the same time, I think he wins a lot more, many more fans than he loses by branching out into this new, I'm not going to say more sophisticated style of comedy because it's still a farce at the end of the day. It's not necessarily sophisticated, but for him, a more mature style of comedy. It didn't take much, but for him, it is a more mature style. And it does stretch him. He actually has to give a performance. He's stretched more as an actor in this as well. Um, but yeah, I'd say with the funny lines, the chance to ad-lib, and genuinely funny performances, the way the characters bounce off each other, all of this can lift the script and make it work and make it pop. 
Yeah, Gary, I see your hand politely up there. Nice use of the uh, internet meeting tools. Well, exactly one of the only benefits to not recording in person. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, would, I would say that I, I disagree. I don't think that the, those classic hallmarks for a fast film are hit, to be honest. They're touched upon, as I said before, that there's a lot of setting them up, but there's no delivery. There's no risk to this. When you watch a fast film, you think like it's like a delicate house of cards that it's going to collapse at any given moment if somebody does one thing in, incorrect. You don't get that with this. Like Adam Sandler, his character Danny and Palmer, his new girlfriend, just walk around this holiday resort holding hands, kissing, playing in the pool together. You know, there's not one risk where you think, oh God, uh, Devlin, Nicole Kidman's character is going to come around the corner and see them holding hands and it's all going to fall apart. Nothing like that happens. Like, like halfway through, you forget that they're actually there's, there's this big lie going on because it's so pedestrian. The characters just amble from one scene to another. There's no sort of like comedy mishaps. There's no misunderstandings. There's no farce. There's, there's, there's nothing. It's kind of set up with all these promises like, oh, anything can go wrong. And then at the end, it says, well, nothing really went wrong. The only reason that it went wrong at the end is because they came clean. They didn't even get found out. Nothing went, like, was not, it, there was no catastrophe. Nothing went massively wrong. They just came clean at the end and said, oh, actually, no, it's, it's not that, it's this. Almost like, a, oh, we, we just, it was all a dream, or there's no real... Uh, exactly. Place, and there's, no, there's no real jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, there's the no, there's no real jeopardy at all. And, and the, the, the biggest moments of, of comedy don't revolve around the farce setup. They all revolve around, oh, look, here's a man who can pick up a coconut with his bare ass cheeks. That sort of thing. You know. <laughs> not bare. He's not bare. Sorry. He's not, He's not bare. Not He's bare. Some. Different film. <laughs> it, I, I'm going to say that I think Gav wanted a farce film, which is fine, because obviously he seems a big uh, fan of Le Fleur, Le Fleur de Cactus, as I think. <laughs> big, obviously quite a big influence on Gav's life as he was growing up, and it was, must have been gutting to see Sandler just rip through one of his favourite French farces of the 60s. I, you know, poor Gav. I, I think, actually, what this film did is it played down the farce. I don't think this film needs high stakes and jeopardy to be honest i think it's it's just an easy watch it's not going for that kind of like worry stress i don't think it wants to stress the audience out at all it's set in hawaii you know gav said it's an advertisement for hawaii and you know you can sort of spin that around and say well yeah it's an advertisement for hawaii it's very beautifully shot it makes it does make you want to go to hawaii and stay in a ludicrously luxurious hotel that would be quite nice but i think the whole thing is to be a nice chilled there's a little bit of that farce element to it. There's a little bit of jeopardy and is she going to find out? But you kind of know that she's going to find out. So in an Adam Sandler film, if you were going like, is she going to find out? You know she's going to, you know, you sort of know the whole, the way it's going. And there's a, t and there's a place for those films. And Adam Sandler knows how to make, how, knows how to make them. So if, if it was some sort of farce where it was like, you know, the, oh, is it ever going to find out? Is the house of cards going to come tumbling down? It just wouldn't have worked. It's, it's not the emotions that the film's going for with its audience and it and I think it knows its audience better than that so I think it's pitched it correctly and I disagree that a farce higher stakes would have made this a better film I don't think it would have. Thank you Gav, you've got your hand again politely up. Thank you very much, uh, it's been a very polite episode this hasn't it? 
I would like to politely say that Alex is full of shit. <laughs> now, this is a fast movie, you know, like, and, and you know, whether or not I wanted it to be a fast movie is regardless because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's irrelevant because it's not a funny film either. It's very, very just fucking pedestrian. And it, but it is a fast film. They set up all of these different lies with the anticipation that something's going to go wrong. And the thing is, is the big lie. Alex is saying, "Oh, you know that Palmer's, you know, Palmer is going to find out that it's all a lie anyway." That happens off screen. That it becomes so insignificant towards the end of the film. After they set it up, they spend like I'm going to say an hour and twenty minutes on this big lie. And then it just happens off screen. Adam Sandler's, well, Danny just comes on, speaks to Catherine and says, oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, I told her that I wasn't really married. They weren't really my kids. And she was fine with it. You know, we don't even get that reveal. <laughs> that, is the, that is the crux of this film. And it's, it seems so insignificant at the very end. That it happens off screen. Like, well, one thing that really annoyed me about this film is that I think it would have been much, much better if Danny and Catherine's, uh, if, if Danny and Catherine's relationship would have remained platonic throughout, I thought that that was the nicest part of the film for me. In that, like, it was about two like friends who work together, who you know have spent all these years working together and talking about their love lives and such, and have never had any romantic feelings, and they're helping each other with their irrespective uh, th- their respective relationships. But I was just like, but knowing how fucking obvious and tropey it is, they're going to end up getting together, and they do end up getting together. It's so obvious. It's, because it's 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 actually just really disappointing at the end, and uh, and yeah, it, it's it's very unfunny as well. Like, yeah. I can't stress how unfunny this film is. I was like, <laughs> sorry, just to inter- just Gav wants a very delicately designed dessert. Do you know what I mean? With all of these different flavors going on, and he wants all oh, he wants these things, and he's bought himself a Twix. Do you know what I mean? And he's disappointed that the <laughs> Twix isn't giving him. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, like he's, he's chomping on the Twix and then he's shouting at the Twix, going, "This isn't what I wanted." And it's like, well, do you know what I mean? Like, no, no, it's no. Not, this, is like, this is like what thinking you're gonna buy a Twix, opening it up, and it's just a dog shit in a Twix. <laughs> oh, I see. Joel did turn up after all. Yeah, um, hello, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, Dave also has politely had his hand up throughout. He's not using the internet tools, but his hand is. Very yeah, I don't know where they. Are. I had a quick look. I don't know where they. Are. I, don't, I don't use Zoom Dave, enough. Please, please come back. Come back. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm with Alex on that one. I think you know Gav was expecting a Milfoy and wound up with, like you say, a Twix or something like that. <laughs> he wanted but, um, the flower, but just got the cactuses. So. Exactly, exactly. Picked it up with the bare ass cheeks. I disagree that this isn't funny. This is genuinely quite, got quite a few good jokes in it. And like I say, I'm, I, I say it every episode, and I said I wouldn't do it. I'm not a big Sandler fan. But in this... <laughs> I actually, I actually, this is what amazed me. This is why I brought this to the table because it's like, actually, this, I quite like this. You know, I, I like what Sandler did here. I actually quite like his humor in this because he does show a bit of restraint while at the same time giving his fans what they expected. I think it, I agree with Alex entirely when he said it's a nice film. You know, the stakes are low. At no point are you worried that anyone's going to get upset or get heartbroken when you know there could be potential for this in another sort of scenario. You're not. I, from the word go, you're expecting Sandler and Aniston to wind up together. It is that look kind of low stakes, just go with it, sit back and relax kind of film. You're not supposed to will uh, Palmer and Danny together. 
And that's why they make up. That's why she's the age she is. You know, she's too young for him. It's not appropriate. It's not going to work. It's not going to last. That's why they make all the NSYNC jokes throughout. You know, they're, they're hammering the point home to the audience that this isn't going to work. They're not a, a suited couple. And, you know, there's lazier ways of doing that that we've seen in previous films we've done on the rom-com where you make the person that they're with that they're not supposed to be with a knob. You make them unpleasant. You make them rude. You make them do something uh, awful. And it's lazy writing. In this, you don't get that. Palmer is nice. She's really sweet. She's She's got a good heart to her. You should be willing her to find love, you know, with, with Adam Sandler, if that's what she wants. And he's like, but you're not, because him, Sandler and Aniston are the better fit from the word go. And it's all to do with the fact that she is too young. It's never going to work. It's obvious to everybody. It's obvious to the audience. It's not supposed to be a surprise. And nor is it supposed to be platonic between him and Aniston. It's supposed to work out. And everyone gets what they want at the end of the day. It all, it all works out for all concerned. There are no high stakes. Everyone leaves the film happy. There is no bad guy. No one gets their comeuppance, you know, even though maybe Samuel deserved to for previous, previous actions. But um, all in all, it's a pleasant film. It's a low stakes film. And I think that's what they were going for here. It's a very easy watch. And I think that was the key. It's a very, very easy watch. Easy on the eyes, easy on the ears, easy on the mind. Gaff, what, what, what's wrong with that? No, I would argue that some people do leave this film unhappy, and those people are the audience. They, <laughs> it promises a lot, and it delivers nothing, apart from Adam Sandler's usual tired bullshit. But my main sort of criticism with this, like, let's take away the fact that the romance is uh, just pedestrian and the script is weak and the comedy is lowbrow and, and awful. The characters... Uh, well, we take all of those things away. All of that. Take away all of those things. And what then are you, you left, left with? characters as well. <laughs> what are you left with? You're left with the characters. And they were also shit. Uh, the, holy shit. The noughties were a terrible time for female characters in comedies. I thought Wedding Crashes last week was bad. But this takes the piss, especially comedies written and directed by men who seemingly didn't touch a boob until they were in their mid to late 30s. Adam Sandler's character of Danny is essentially every Adam Sandler character in any Happy Madison productions. A cheeky, slovenly man-child who has some anger issues, but all of these hot, seemingly much, much younger women still find him inexplicably charming and attractive. Now, just wanted to note, just out of interest, Brooklyn Decker's character, well, Brooklyn Decker herself, was 23 when this movie was made, and Adam Sandler was 44. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that necessarily, but it's just such a common movie trope, especially in Adam Sandler films as well, that an older guy falls for a much younger woman. It's not its not just a tired trope, but it also affects opportunities for actresses who are more age-appropriate. I said Dave jump in there. Go on, Dave. Clearly very Jed, this is what I mentioned before. There's a reason why she's the age she is. It's because... Without making her an unpleasant character, it reminds the audience that this is never going to work. So you're not willing the wrong couple together. You're hoping he gets with Jennifer Aniston, who he's got more chemistry with, who's a more appropriate age. There's a reason why I think she's the age she is for this. But, you know, that, that's that's the thing. So one of the positives of this is that he does end up with an age-appropriate partner at the end. But my main gripe was that it was so obvious where this film was going, it was almost a waste of time watching the first you know, hour and a half because you knew that he wasn't going to end up with Brooklyn Decker's Palmer character anyway. And now, speaking about her character in more detail, 
It's got to be one of the stupidest fucking characters in cinema history. The amount of ludicrous shenanigans that happen, and she doesn't even bat a fucking eyelid. It is beyond a joke. It's beyond far-fetched. And also, her character is so stereotypical. She's attractive, young, kind. She's a teacher. She loves kids, and she just wants to get married because that's what all women want, isn't it? You know, it is oh, just... That's what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said that they were young and kind, Alex. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, carry on. <laughs> now, uh, performance-wise, this was Decker's first role, and she comes across, as Dave said before, natural and genuinely likable. No qualms with her performance at all. It's just a pity her character was written on a piece of toilet paper whilst the writer was obviously taking a shit. It is fucking one of the most paper-thin characters I don't think he was taking his shit, Gav, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got Jennifer Aniston's character, Catherine, who is another classic rom-com trope of the frumpy, platonic female friend who the lead character isn't interested in until she takes off her glasses and lets down her hair and puts on a bikini and all of a sudden, boing, you know... Listen, if you're going to have that trope in your film, maybe, maybe don't let it be played by one of the most beautiful actresses of, of all time. <laughs> you know, it's just so, so fucking unrealistic. It's like the whole film. It's like, oh, I couldn't possibly fancy hair and she's taking off her dress. Oh, my God. You know, once again, I will agree with what Dave and Alex were saying. Jennifer Aniston is brilliant in this. She's the only saving grace for me. Her, her charm, her comedy timing is the only thing that is, is watchable in this drab shit show of a film. And finally, I just want to put, put a note about Nicole Kidman in this movie. Watching Nicole Kidman in this movie is like watching an elderly relative take a shit. Now, you... There's a lot of... There's a lot of... Who thinks going? Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of poopy going on in Wingap's arguments. Let me explain. This sounds like a Joel argument. I ran this past Joel and he said it was dynamite. Watching Nicole Kidman in this movie is like watching an elderly relative take a shit because you respect them way too much to even think about them doing it in the first place. You don't want to see it. <laughs> they probably Gav, feel when when wait, just no no I'm just saying, hypothetical, I'm just, hypothetical <laughs> no, 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 no. situation. I just want to know they, they probably, it's never it's never even been a possibility for me to watch. If you if you barged <laughs> it, right? They probably feel just as bad about this as you do, and it's going to scar everybody involved in the situation. <laughs> I I, I have it on good authority. Nicole Kidman enjoyed her time making this film. <laughs> she enjoyed the holiday I read, Dave. She enjoyed, she saw it as a way to get back to her birthplace. She was, she was actually born in Hawaii Who and take wouldn't? her family there for a, a holiday. That was it. <laughs> Doesn't take away from the fact that Nicole Kidman is great in this. You know, I wish we'd see more of Devlin. I thought Nicole Kidman did a great job. She's only in it for about six minutes. Six fucking wasted minutes. I mean, like, as you said, Dave, her character should have been in this much, much more. Uh, Alex? Not, not quite what I said. But... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. We do do that a lot in the podcast, don't we? As my honourable colleague said, and then just state their own argument, basically. <laughs> 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 like, and no one said it at all. Oh, yeah, look, but, um... It's working for me. <laughs> I know, it is effective. It is an effective thing Dave to say. said that Nicole Kidman was underused in this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one thing I want to come back to is when Gav's been watching his elderly relatives take a shit, and I just want to figure, find out when that's been happening. I also just, because Gav's sort of going down the, the unwholesome Adam Sandler route, and I just want to come back to a couple of points in the film that are a bit more wholesome. There's the, the character of the children in it, who... 
I wouldn't say again, you know, you're not looking at some well fleshed out. These aren't the best child characters or actors ever, but there is something to their characters. You know, they, they you know, they, they sort of add a bit of depth to the film and they make it a bit more responsible because you do have Adam Sandler going off with this 23 year old and you've got Jennifer Aniston with her kids and they sort of ground it a little bit. So, yeah, there is comedy. But also the comedy then, because it's with children, is a little bit, do you know what I mean? It's a little toned down, basically. So you, um, also there's some of the themes that go into it, which is where the children don't have a very good relationship with their father. Not done overly, it's not, and it's not sort of like done just for a few, you know, for a few sad moments and then discarded. It does sort of crop up every now and again in the film and it does sort of run through it and it does link into him eventually coming back and her seeing him as a good father figure for the children. So, and you know, he teaches the, the boy to swim. And it's a nice bit in the film and it does, again, counteract these bits where, you know, Gav's not wrong. There are a few bits where it's like, boom, you know, she's taking out, she's in a bikini. And, you know, you are a bit like, oh, God, you know, but then you have a scene like him teaching the child to swim. And that's just nice. And you're like, oh, that's that's a nice bit in the film. So it's not as unwholesome as Gav's making out. There are a few bits that sort of bring it back from the brink of you just going like, that's just. Whereas Wedding Crashes, I felt a bit ill watching it. Do you know what I mean? I felt genuinely not good about myself or anything watching it didn't feel that with just go with it i did it bits and you're like oh god here we go and then it and then it sort of managed it brings itself back so yeah it's not not as unwholesome and disgusting as gab is making it okay let's um on that note let's wrap up maybe like a little finish one i feel like i already know what's coming from maybe both sides so just Try just not keep... to repeat too much, but I've got a feel for Can I please ask for no poopy metaphors from the prosecution, please? <laughs> Seconded. <laughs> before we go on, I just want to quickly check, though, as um, obviously I had uh, IMDb up before because I forgot we were going to make Dave do the um, do the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Is the actor that we've just, the actress that we've just been talking about, is her real name Billy Madison? Bailey Madison, <laughs> sorry. Or is so. that just a... Oh yeah, Bailey Madison was yeah, she's Jennifer Aniston's daughter. Okay, but her name was changed on purpose, I guess. Her name is the actress's name is Bailey Madison. She plays Maggie. Um, that is weird. Fake, though, fake, name fake, is. fake family name. <laughs> Bailey fake Madison. Family name Kiki D. <laughs> yeah, I wonder whether she got the part only for the Billy. <laughs> yeah. But no worries. Okay, I, I appreciate that she was still good and um, and yeah. So go on. Who wants to let me have? A prosecution closing argument, please, Gav. I'll just keep it very short. I would rather crash my car into a tree than have to watch this film again. Into a sign in. <laughs> was not my fault. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you took out the welcome the Liverpool sign, Gav. I, I did. I did for 20 chaotic minutes. There were people coming into Liverpool who didn't know where the fuck they were. <laughs> not only that, they did not feel at all welcome. <laughs> um, good well good good argument gav thank you and uh dave <laughs> not only would i rather not crash my car into a tree i'd watch this again quite happily that's why i brought this forward romance is not pedestrian the, the chemistry between these characters you just can't write you know it just it jumps off the screen the comedy is really not that bad it's very varied in fact and you know a real stretch for sandler and uh i, I, I yeah i i think this is a decent film we've got some good performances here some people who might surprise you 
Uh, Alex, you get half the time Dave had. Jennifer Aniston's good in it. And Gav, you get to come back against so, both. Sorry, can I just say that you could literally take Dave's argument there and just deliver it with a different tone. <laughs> it would be a prosecution <laughs> one. You say like, <laughs> what did you say? You said like this is a stretch for Sandler. Sandler stretches himself, and that is the only line. He stretches himself. What did you say before? I just said something else, and I was like, let's see. Is that like some sort of backhanded compliment there? <laughs> I just can't help it. There's something about Sandler. I just keep I keep backhanding the poor man. I don't know what it is. Uh, brilliant. Um, I appreciate that because we've been a little bit out of uh, out of sorts and out of practice. There may be a quiz. There may not be a quiz. Does anybody have a quiz? There is a quiz if you want a quiz. Hey, go to the quiz. Yeah, did you want the quiz? This is where you turn around and go, no. Oh, oh, no, sorry. No time, Dave. Sorry. Uh, please, please deliver us a quiz while I uh, yeah, it, it's actually It's actually quite a simple quiz. So, so you may have noticed at the end of the film, Palmer, her character, played by Brooklyn Decker, meets a nice tennis player on the plane on the way home, and you know it all works out for her, played by her actual tennis ace husband, Andy Roddick. So I done a quiz on real-life couples that have appeared in films together. Yeah. And I, they're not as obscure as, as Andy Roddick or Brooklyn Decker. You know, these, these are big Hollywood couples. All I want you to do is tell me how many films they've appeared in together. Now, because we're talking oh. relatively low numbers, you know, no one out there has appeared in like 16 films together or anything like that. I want you to be on the nose, okay? So none of this closest person wins, Oof. okay? Right, so I, I want you to be right. <laughs> okay, so first, <laughs> first <Dave>. couple. <laughs> I want you to be right. <laughs> for listeners at home, Dave looked into the camera really, really slowly. There. <laughs> None of this. And it's always 200 <laughs> away. No, bollocks to it. You're right or you're not. <laughs> so you can, you can tell that to the kids in school tomorrow. <laughs> I will. I will do. <laughs> one. Go one more. Brad Pitt and, and Angelina Jolie. Definitely one. Who wants I'm going to say three. I, I, I think just one. You're all wrong. They've been in two. Oh. Mr. and Mrs. Smith and By the Sea. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By you see, the sea. <laughs> these films that come out and they sneak up on you. Uh, couple number two, Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively. Um, one. Three. I, I, I think just one as well. Point that Alex and Gav, it is just hey. three man. And I mean, once you made that together, you know, you've, you've <laughs> really, really hit your stride, haven't you? <laughs> Couple number three, Gav, Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn. I was going to say, oh. I was going to think, I was already thinking of this one. I'm going to say six. So we're definitely in the Santa Claus three. Built, I, so. I, yeah, I think, I think four. I think uh, most of the together. Fair, swing shift, overboard, Christmas Chronicles one and two. Well, I'm going to stick. I'm going to say, did you say five, Alex? Six. Oh, I'm going to go five. I'm going to slap bang in the middle just to try and keep it interesting. That is a point to Austin. (laughs) It is five. It is the four that Gav listed, but also, would you believe, when they were kids, obviously they weren't a couple at the time, but when they were kids, they both appeared in the one and only genuine original family band. Oh, very obscure dead. film. Uh, I was, I was forget that one. I know. I can't be honest with you, Gav. I, I don't think you've lost your place as a Kurt Russell's number one fan. <laughs> That's a very obscure film. Uh, couple number four. We got Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck. Ex couple, I should say. Number four, but... Ooh, um, two. 
Yeah, I reckon two. I reckon Daredevil and, and something else. Something else. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> drop. Back, I'm gonna drop back to three, <laughs> just in case. You went a little too far. It's a point at Alex and Gav. It uh, is Daredevil and something else. That's something else being Pearl Harbor. Which uh, I'd, forgo- I'd forgotten she actually had a small yeah, role in. Very too. small role, but yeah, she did it. I'd forgotten all about that film. Yeah, that's all tried. So did Ben Affleck yeah. and everybody else. <laughs> uh, couple number five, Annette Benning and Warren Beatty. Three. One. We'll say three. I'm going to say three as well. No points for anyone. It's two. Oh. They were in Bugsy and the Love Affair. Couple number six, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Uh, one. One. Five. No points for anyone. They were in 11 films together. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I guess you guys are all thinking Cleopatra at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah They're yeah. also in The VIPs, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Timing of the True, Dr. Faustus, The Sandpiper, The Comedians, <laughs> Boom, Under Milk, Wood, uh, Divorce His, Divorce Hers, and Hammersmith is Out. Wow, I just no. took a big number because I knew they'd been in millions of films. I was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were closer. It's a shame we're not doing that close to point <laughs> thing. That you it's 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 not like we just like it was it's not like it was that obscure Kate Russell one again. There were some big movies mentioned. I know, big I know, I know. One and eleven is a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> Couple number seven, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. I think or, or could it be is it just Quiet Place? Should we say? Oh shit! Yeah, no, they were in just Quiet Place, weren't they? She died. <laughs> one. Does the second one count? I'm going to see three. He's not in it, is he? He is. Yeah. Two then. I will just say this: the second one counts. Okay. <laughs> I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna say three. I'm gonna say th- those two, and then probably something obscure like Leatherheads or whatever that one was. In. <laughs> I'm saying two. No points for anyone. Five. Oh. Uh, Quiet Place one and two: The Wind Rises, The Muppets, and Animal Crackers. Oh, the Muppets. Um, the Muppets. How could you forget John Krasinski and the Muppets? Come on. <laughs> yeah, they, they run the uh, call center, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Damn right. Uh, anyway. Couple number, well, ex-couple number eight. Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. Right. Okay. Um, they wrote to me the other day, actually. The uh, the Scientologist. Tom Cruise. Cruises. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while, but they got back in touch. You know, now that COVID's over, they want people to come back and uh, visit the church. Oh, I bet they do. Yeah. Did you go back? Have you been? When when was your first visit to? When I used to just spend time in London, and between meetings, I'd call in and do the uh, do the tests. Just to... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Travolta's <laughs> filming over here at the moment. See if you can hitch a ride back with him. You know, the Casey's chagrin. I gave them my actual address. They, <laughs> <laughs> they, they get in touch fairly regularly. <laughs> you just look. He's been. There's some incredible stationery. It must cost a fortune to pay for this. <laughs> yeah. You're just lucky there's been a pandemic and they weren't allowed to knock on your door. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to say four. I, uh, five. I think three. I think far and away, the BMX one and uh, as I just said. Uh, Gav gets the point. I will object to NASCAR film Days of Thunder being called the BMX one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give him a point, Dave. Take it away. But no, no, no. He's, uh, three is right. Three is right. <laughs> Couple number nine. Ava Mendes and Ryan Gosling. Oh, that's an end one. Zero. You cheeky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> one. one as well. 
That is a point of Gavin Aussie. Damn. <laughs> Place beyond the pines. And final couple, Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons. One again. One. The way of the dog. Power of the dog. Power of the dog. <laughs> the way of the dog. What's that? Did you say way, way of the, the dog? dog. Samurai. The BMX one. The BMX <laughs> one in the West. Yeah. Aussie. I was saying two. It is one. <laughs> it is the power of the dog. Uh, well, good. That's that's. Uh, a pretty resounding win for Gav there, I have to say, with five. Alex with three, Ozzy with two. Well done, oh. Gav. Yeah, it's, it's a simple quiz, but it's not easy. So, uh, yeah, no, well it's done. really good. Yeah, no, it was a good quiz. That It was very enjoyable. It was almost as enjoyable as the arguments uh, put forward uh, for <laughs> Anakin. Nice uh, link. This film. Um, and I would like to say that while you did very well in the quiz, Gav, you're going to be less happy that I'm siding <laughs> with you. And now I'm genuinely I'm siding with you. I think that while this film is probably uh, not absolute dross, it, it's certainly on the shit side that I could, you know, probably probably watch if I want to just be entertained by Hawaii. It's the way I'm feeling. <laughs> um, I think I think you captured my uh, imagination in terms of. It probably is shit, and it's all of the bad jokes of Adam Sandler uh, wrapped up. But I think I'll enjoy it, partly because I'm in the mood for something that's pretty easy going and doesn't challenge me in any way. But I think I'm gonna side with you on almost all arguments that it's uh, it's probably dated, misogynistic, very troublesome. But I'll uh, I'll go with it because I quite like my Fifty First Dates as well, in spite of all the trouble. So. Uh, it's going on the shit list, but not because I, would, I won't like it. Okay, thank you very much, Ozzy, for your very yeah. good summary there. I, I, I'll, I'll uh, go first with my, my genuine opinion then. So I was 100% honest in my assessment, and I genuinely believe everything I said. But... <laughs> I didn't mind it as a film. <laughs> now, I, I like shit films, so I, I'm not a good judge of character. I definitely shouldn't have a film podcast for sure. But it wasn't <laughs> as offensive or crass as Sanders of the films, especially around the ones that were made around this time as well. And all of the actresses genuinely do a great job, despite the fucking garbage that they had to work with. You know, Aniston's really charming and funny as always. Decker is sweet and likable. Nicole Kidman does a really good comedic turn, but there's just nowhere near enough of it. But yeah, it, it is it is shit. Uh, but I do think that you will actually like it, Ozzy. I think it's shit, but you'll like it. And probably you would have put it on the hit list if you would have watched it. But... You've, I think, I you've think I'm actually going to watch it. I'm going to watch it after this. I think I'm okay. Going to we'll it. <laughs> to you. Uh, okay, so genuine opinions. I'm going to go with Alex first because I think, Dave, you'll be very interested. Uh, Alex, what do you reckon? Uh, I can say for sure that I had COVID at the time I watched Just Go With It and I preferred COVID <laughs> to Just Go With It. And I, like, I, I hated this film. I, uh, it took me literally, it took me, about two, it took me about two to three weeks to watch it all the way through because I was just like, I had to watch it sometimes just five minutes at a time because it was, uh, I just didn't like it at all. I, I, I don't think it's the most hateful of his films, but I think Gav was right when it was just, it's just so beige. And within like Sandler's pretty beige, they're all quite pedestrian beige. This sits quite comfortably in the middle of it. And I, I just think the, the, the character of Palmer is just what Gav said when she's just ludicrously stupid all the way through. It's just unbelievable. 
and and like all she seems to have in her character is that she has massive tits and and i'm not you know that that just seems when he first sees her she walks towards him and the camera is just pretty much going zooming into her breasts and that seems to be it and that seems to be that's just fine that's why adam sandler wants to be with it and that's all and you know I mean, that's nothing against the actress you know she does a, she does a good job but the whole film every time she's in a bikini is just it was just her- horrendously dated and uh yeah it took me a long time to get through this film you might enjoy it though ozzy Dave, Dave, this is the this is a good one because I believe that Dave took this film to be put on trial. I did uh, after maybe not seeing it for a long time or maybe not seeing that at all. And it's very interesting to see if your opinion has changed at all or or, or genuinely what what you thought of it. Well, first of can I just say I anticipated Alex's response, and that's exactly why I picked him to defend. I think I sent I think I sent a da- Dave a text within five minutes of watching it, just like why, Dave? Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> we, we, we're friends, aren't we? <laughs> oh, that bit, yeah, that was just me being a dick. But no, why did I pick it? I'll tell you for why. Um, well, he asked me at the start, and I I stand by a lot of what I said there. I have a real soft spot for this film. I not. I don't class myself as a Sandler fan, but I actually quite like this. I've... You didn't mention that actually for. No, yeah, yeah, I know. I, just, yeah, I, I try not to mention it, and then I kind of mention it more, and then I try, I try and compliment the man, and I just I, I push him off a cliff. I don't know why, but um, no, I I genuinely have a soft spot for this film. But is it a good film? No, it's, it's not. It's not particularly no. Uh, like Gav said, paper thin characters throughout. Um, I I do think it's funny. I do think there are some good jokes in there. Um, I think the it, it's not like you can quote a line from it though. It's like there's a, some good back and forth, some good improv, some good interactions with the characters. I think there are a couple of laughs to be had in here. I think the performances were great, uh, particularly uh, Jennifer Aniston and Nicole Kidman. I thought they did a great job. I didn't find the kids particularly annoying. I thought they actually were pretty good. They got some good lines as well. Uh, yeah, so I've got a soft spot for this film. I really do. Um, but I'm more than prepared to accept that it's not good. And that's kind of why. One thing I did leave out of my argument, why did I pick this film, was that I thought we could honestly have a pretty good debate about it. <laughs> I had seen it before, and I thought this is something people can get their teeth stuck into. I, I like it enough that I feel I can defend it, but I don't like it so much that I'm not prepared to see it ripped to pieces. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, soft spot for the film, but I, I've got to say, I think you probably made the right call. You might like it, though. I like it, but it's not good. I like the way we were all saying, like, this film is absolute dog shit, but Ozzy, yeah, you like <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I class myself like, the same view as Ozzy on this one. So, yeah, enjoyable, but not necessarily good. But as as Ozzy pretty much summarised, it's not a full shit, but it's definitely a skid mark. Higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Wedding Crashes, which surprisingly scored 75% critical and 70% audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes. No, it's got to be better. Let's just get 75% critical. Yeah. Somebody at the time. Hey, there, so, I think at the time it probably would have been better received though. Right now it would just be like, you know, I think I think critics throughout the ages have savaged this film and I think uh, I think the it was a huge box office success, wasn't it? You know, I mean, audience might have liked it, but I think over time I'm it has say, gotten dated. I'm yeah. say 45 critical, 55 audience. That's what I'm going for. Oh, I'm going to say like maybe 20% critical. <laughs> <laughs> Critics don't like Sandler and, and maybe 50% audience. 
Oh, I, I just was, I would thought we'd have been more on the uh, borderline because I think the, the premise was it had to be below fifty percent, didn't it? Or it was fifty. No, that was on the IMDb. On IMDb, had so, to be below so I, seven. Yeah, I'll tell you now that Alex is uh, spot on with nearly spot on with one of his, and Dave's nearly spot on with one of his. So it's fifty nine percent audience score and nineteen percent critical Ooh. score. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't say I'm that surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and hey, maybe we might have an uplifting trend next week when we continue and, well, culminate our romantic comedy season with Alex's pick, which is Something's Gotta Give. Alex, why did you pick that film? Because <laughs> I hate it so much. I wanted to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I, I, I want to go. Put me in, coach. So uh, yeah, normally we pick a film like I couldn't really think of one, and then that film came up, and I, I hate it quite a lot. And so I thought I'd uh, I'd invert what we normally do and pick a film that I can't stand. Okay, right. Well, uh, fucking hell. I look forward it's to your job. <laughs> the defense for that. Then, um, yeah. Well, that, that's it. Just want to say thank you very much for all your arguments and your summary there, Ozzy. Uh, if you like this episode, please check out more Films on Trial content. You can find more of it at filmsontrial.co.uk uh, or check us out on any podcasting platform. You can follow us on all social media, Films on Trial or at Film Trials on Twitter. And yeah, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Really appreciate it. So what have we learned today? Well, for a fact, Dave surprisingly doesn't really like Adam Sandler that much not that much of a fan <laughs> <laughs> and uh, apart from that also the just go with it is a big shit but we're going to be directly in your ears next week with something's got to give goodbye that's like saying and I, I don't believe in balding uh, I've just never looked in the mirror sort of thing <laughs> exactly. Exactly. it's not happening it's just, it's... just... <laughs> I just do all my Zoom calls that fits like, yeah. <laughs> and it's fine. It's just I'm taking just, me longer, longer to wash my face, that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad. <laughs>